Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. My name is Kerry Zarb and I've been helping business owners just like you go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat for over 20 years. I'll be giving you all the top advice for getting started in your business, but I'll also be speaking with some of the best business minds to inspire you with valuable insights to help you get ahead in your business. If you've ever hit a roadblock or lost your passion, then this is the podcast for you. On today's podcast, we're joined by Rowena, the founder of The Salt Box, an online retail and wholesale store specializing in 100% natural gourmet foods and bath salts. Prior to the salt box, Rowena felt in her elements in the corporate world with management positions in corporate strategy, product and channel management in Australia, the USA and Canada. Rowena left the corporate world on the back of a life-changing event and her passion now rests with small business and all the ups and downs on the roller coaster ride. Welcome to the show, Rowena. Thanks, Kerry. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. Good to have you here. And we've got a few things we want to go through together, which is awesome. Um, my first question is for the listeners, what is the Salt Box? Uh, the Salt Box is an online retailer and wholesaler of 100% natural salts. And, you know, while that might sound uh, somewhat obvious, um, many salts around the nation are not clean and trusted and come from natural, natural sources, and particularly in the bath salt arena. So a lot of them are manufactured in um, in Asia, for example, and uh, there's some question about the quality of the salts. So we we specialise in 100% natural salts. We're one of the only suppliers of natural Epsom salts, the, the cleanest magnesium, and uh, and also a wide range of gourmet salts. Um, we we actually distribute a range from the US, and they're really phenomenal, like smoked salts and truffle salts and things like that. So a real a specialty niche, if you like, yeah. um, and. Um, uh, and we find that um, we don't, we're not always going to be stocked in retailers because um, it's not necessarily high volume in one given retailer, but people want to buy it online. Yeah. And you, you wholesale as well. So you do have your products going to retail stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we have some of our uh, bath salt products in the Govita stores. And then we also sell to some people that repackage it themselves as well. Oh, or wow. Convert something to themselves. Fantastic. And what inspired you to start this business? Yeah, it does feel a bit random, doesn't it? Um, it's, it's interesting how things evolve. So I was working in the US in uh, product development, product marketing, um, and I, um, I sort of had enough of the corporate world. And I started um, working for a friend who ran a very sort of prestigious little pastry school, and they would only use a French salt and so when I moved back to Australia, because I'm from Australia, I, I wanted to find that salt and found it was like $30 for 100 grams at Simon Johnson here in Sydney. And I, I realised that someone was making some money and I just sort of started understanding that category better. And I'd always you know, had a desire to run my own company. And I thought it was a good fit because it's sort of shelf stable. It's something I could do online while I was working because I ran the company for quite some time while I was working. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just sort of made sense. Yeah. And it was different and people weren't doing it in Australia. Yeah, exactly. I can't say I've come across myself a, a company that is doing exclusive like 
particularly the the hundred percent natural salts. It's just mm. not not a common thing, is it? No. no. Yeah. Awesome. And you left the the corporate career to to start the salt box. How did you transition, and and what did you learn during that transition? Mm. It was a long transition, actually. So I started the, the salt box and. Uh, I was running it at sort of night and the weekend out of a Kennard self-storage unit. And um, uh, and I started, uh, I asked, uh, you know, I had a long relationship with my employer. I was doing corporate strategy and I'd asked them to reduce my hours and I started going four days a week. And then, um, and then I got uh, breast cancer. So that took me out of the game for about a year. Wow. Um, of both my own business as well as, as, um, as the, the salt box as well as my employer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a few years to really kind of get my energy and drive back into the salt box. Um, and uh, I went back to work after after having treatment um, and then, then decided it was full-time salt box. And from there, it really grew much faster. So probably, I guess my lesson for some people is don't wait too long, you know. Um, it does require full attention. Um, and, and really, it's quite stressful to manage both as well. I was taking sort of salt box calls, you know, in the office of my employer. And those things are not always very comfortable. So yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing is that, um, um, you know, you, you realise that um, you really have to do everything. And in the, in the early stages of a small business, and you are doing everything, I was packing orders, I was, you know, packing salt, I was doing all sorts of things. It's a kind of an adventure, but over time, as your as your time gets tighter and tighter, and you're more time poor, um, it is really quite stressful to be doing everything. And I don't think I truly understood that as much um, until I did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'd sort of encourage people to really think that through. It's you know, you've, it's probably three or four times harder than it might appear. Yeah. 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 So what you're saying for the listeners is the side hustle is good and it, it's good to start there, but really think about how long you're going to be in that area of part-time before going to the full-time commitment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, that was actually probably uh, I hadn't put enough focus on scale early enough and yeah. scales required obviously to go full-time. So um, that real push for scale, I would have done probably differently. Yeah, in hindsight, you know, but I mean, everyone has a journey that's unique, and and that's part of it. It absolutely is. You're right, and I think we all we go through these these periods in our business, and isn't it amazing to look back and and learn from that situation, not mm. just you know sit there and go, oh, that was then, this is now, but actually like you know grab hold of those memories and and learn something from them i think is is fantastic as a small business owner and if you're anything like me which i think you are based on on our previous chat it's it's never regret it's never a no. case of oh I, you know you don't you kick yourself to a little degree but at the same time it's it's brought you to where you are now and it and it's all serves a purpose and and yeah I think it's great. Yeah, I think um, sometimes the media um, portrays the word startup as some sort of glamorous thing a 26-year-old does and they get millions of dollars in VC funding and um, and, and it, 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 it's a glamorous activity. And actually it's hard, yaka. it's very unglamorous in many regards um, and uh, there are very few companies like that. 
and a lot of startups the other point they're not 23 and 26 year olds you know i'm i'm um in the zone of 50 and i you know it's a different age to be doing that kind of thing yeah definitely and yeah. i think i think you're right there like there is this this glamorous kind of you know portrayal that we get that people are starting at such a young age and and you know kicking these amazing goals and yeah it's a little bit fabricated you know mm-hmm. for your average human it's it's not uncommon to be the the 30 40 50 year old you know that's that's made that change in their life like i i actually interviewed someone a, a quite a few episodes ago and he'd changed his career at oh i'm i'm going to guess his age now i think he was about you know like 55 or something like that completely mm. flipped his his career and and started another business in a completely different area at, at such a late age but oh he was just so happy he was really happy to have made that change so yeah it's I don't think there's ever a, a wrong time you know no no but I think you just have to be fair to yourself a little bit you know absolutely agree yeah. agree and how has your business responded to the market given you know the changes that came through in 2020 and COVID you know what have you seen during 2020 in your business we have seen huge growth tremendous growth it's actually been really great for us um, from a business point of view um, a few different sort of variables come into play from a from a consumer demand point of view um, people were looking at doing things at home and pampering themselves and self-care. So we have a lot of natural bath salts blended with essential oils and things like that, which people were buying. People had time to research what was good and what wasn't good. And, and, you know, we, we, we want to be a trusted brand in the natural and reliable um, salt area. So, uh, and, and so we got a lot of activity that way. Um, And also the same, same thing as people were experimenting at home with cooking as well. Mm -hmm. And so we saw a lot of uh, a lot of growth. We also um, this is our you know almost our first year now in Amazon. Oh. So we sell um, through Amazon and eBay and Catch. It's all sort of integrated, um, and um, as well as our own website. Um, and that really grew tremendously as well. Mm. So um, you know, there's been some you know people often ask me you know is Amazon a good channel for Australian retailers and. The answer is, um, if you can be a, a critical player early on in the growth of Amazon, you can do quite well out of it. Yeah. Um, and we were in a niche that wasn't that well exploited and we, we grew very well with them. And they gave us a lot of help too. They're trying to grow certain key vendors and they were very helpful. Yeah, I was just about to ask what that was like starting with Amazon. Like a lot of people probably, you know, have their own website. Um, a lot of people are on Shopify's and, and mm-hmm. that for products these days and you know across your social media channels as well like Facebook's got stores Instagram's got stores there's there's so many options available but um yeah I think you're actually the first person I've spoken to that's on Amazon so yeah yeah it's been an interesting uh interesting experience actually um this is we've just been over a year maybe uh at this point and we went from zero to you know well over a hundred thousand dollars in sales in, in one year with them and that's just continuing to grow Wow. And um, they uh, um, they're definitely looking at how they grow in Australia, but they're becoming a much more important part of the fabric. And I think that the um, the COVID challenges we've all had had really fueled that for them. Oh, yeah. And so that's just 
really escalated it. Um, and uh, I, we have an account manager we work with, and he's been great in putting us forward and helping us a bit. And um, and we've done a lot of test and learn. I mean, I think with we have as we have multiple channels, right? We have eBay and Amazon and our own website, which we promote through the Google channels. Um, and each one of those is a test and learn, and each one of them requires a lot of focus. Yeah. And each one of them, um, they have nuances. They have some similarities, but they also have nuances, and you do need to learn what they are. So it's quite a lot of learning. And, and I would say that particularly about Amazon as well, and that's why there are all those sort of Amazon coaches out there. Yeah. Um, but um, if you know everyone, everyone's different. But if you're willing to get down and learn and take some time and watch a lot of YouTube clips and things like that, um, you can get to the bottom of it. Yeah, and yeah. I just I just thought then when you said about all these different platforms that you're on, like your inventory stock levels must be. I'd like to say a nightmare, but I, I'm, I'm actually going to guess that you're on top of it and it's not the nightmare that it could be. I uh, know it, it was a nightmare this year, actually, because <laughs> because we just couldn't have anticipated the growth. We knew we had growth already, but it was greater than expected. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and we import the finest salts from different locations around the world. And there are a lot of different salts. Most people think it's just sodium with chloride, like the food salt, but we, we have um, um, magnesium sulfate, which is um, Epsom salt, magnesium chloride, which is magnesium flakes. And we have black salts and we have red salts and we have all sorts of things. And they all come from around the world. So some of them are long, long lead times and containers yeah. were really challenged this year. So we have had some challenges um and uh in bringing it in and converting it into retail sales packaging and 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 getting it back out to consumers so that's required a lot of work um i don't wouldn't say we're under control we're, we're doing okay i had to um as we grew i had to bring on a, a supply chain consultant to help me do it so yeah you get to a point where you realize it's beyond your capacity Oh, absolutely. You know, when you're talking, you know, moving volumes of products, you know, like you say, from from your warehouse to the consumer, and it's going in all different directions across multiple channels, like, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That was a big one. Um, <laughs> you're listening to the Biz Nation podcast. I would love to connect with you outside of the podcast and you can find me on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn by searching my name, Kerry Zarb, or directly on my website under, you guessed it, kerryzarb.club. And don't forget, if you need more support in your business, you can also find me on Facebook under Micro and Small Business Support Group. So I guess what have you learned and what like what what's your takeaway from that growth from COVID? What mm-hmm. did you learn during that time specifically? Like mm. you experienced growth, you had these challenges, what was what was the outcome? What what can you share with us? Yeah, I kind of went through a two-step process. And I this actually happened before COVID. I realized that um uh, digital marketing, um, and, and in particular, I'm referring to SEO, um, search engine optimization, and um, uh, search engine marketing, so paid search with Google, um, as well as Amazon and Amazon Paid, because they're 
there's some similarities and differences between all those, mm. but they all need to be managed. I realised that um, I was not an expert, or I wasn't even close to being an expert, and I would outsource that to agencies. And, and that in and of itself is a very normal, natural thing to do. Yep. The problem I had is when you're running a small business, you have to really make sure you're getting your return on investment. Yep. And the only way I could figure out how to continue to drive growth and really get the best return on investment um, and knowing and accepting that those channels and, and those um, the, those fees going to marketing were part of growth um, was to actually dive in and learn those channels, those marketing channels myself. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I, I was relying too heavily on agencies and to be fair, the agencies, I was probably not providing the, the best direction. Mm -hmm. So I, I learned for sure that the best thing to do would be to just sit in front of my computer and learn a lot more about Google SEO yep. and a lot more about um, uh, search engine marketing, uh, you know, the Google advertising. Um, and again, similarly with Amazon listings and Amazon advertising. And once I had embraced that, I could then go back, which I did later in the year, um, I did I went back and, and engaged agencies, but with the right frame of reference, with the right scope in my mind and the right expectations, and it was a much better outcome. So that that's what I would learn. I, I think you can't just outsource it. You have to understand it. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense, actually, because if we, you know, it's great that we we don't need to wear necessarily all the hats ourselves, but when you go to outsource, if you have no knowledge in that space you're flying blind. You mm. don't, you, you know, like even to say to an agency, what do you want? If you don't know the base of what you want, then you're just going to pay for whatever you get and you kind of just land wherever you land, really. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess that's, you know, part of my corporate background. I, I thought, oh, I better get a specialist to handle this specialist area, but I, I really needed to understand it too. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was my learning. So once that happened, we really started taking off. Yeah. And I'm much more aligned to the agencies that I use now. Yeah. So going back to before when you first outsourced this to an agency and you didn't have that understanding, your return on investment, you you truly feel is better now that you do have the understanding. And, and But is that a result of working with the right agency? It's a combination, isn't it? It's always a combination. Um, it's definitely... Uh, yeah, look, I think it's partly working with the right agency. You know, I, I had an agency that um, when I talked to them about return on investment for Google ad spend said to me, oh, we're not responsible for sales. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, to get a return on investment, you have to have a view to sales. And, and, and if you're not going to take that view, then you're not the right agency. So we then had to go back and find an agency that would take that analytical side and return on investment side a lot more at hand than the prior one yeah. yeah but you but you've done clearly hours of research yes hours hours I had also and research comes in lots of forms so oh, yeah. um <laughs> yeah it's not just watching a couple of YouTube clips because there's some some um I would sometimes errors but not necessarily errors but some half stories you can get on YouTube you don't get the whole story yeah um necessarily unless you're really sure of the source um but I also, um, I hired a coach to help me with Google advertising and did actually did the advertising myself. Mm. 
Um, and I hired a coach to help me with Amazon as well to start that process. And I would say that I had some success in doing that myself better than before. And I certainly realized a better return on investment because I wasn't paying agency fees. Mm -hmm. But I also realized the degree of which I was not able to dive in even deeper. Yeah. And therefore, that's why I needed to bring on an agency who would do that and take it to the next level. Yeah, full on. Oh my! God. It was very full on. I learned a lot about SEO. Um, and actually, anyone who who really wants to drive their their website, learning about SEO is really critical. Uh, it's, it's SEO. People sometimes think it's maybe this technical thing mm. that you outsource to technical people, and some of it is technical, but the the very basis of it is not. And yeah. um, and understanding that is critical. And I, I got myself a um. Uh, subscription to SCM, SEMrush, yep. SEMrush, and uh, I gather a lot of the agencies use AREFs, either one, um, uh, and that was really telling as to giving me insights as to what keywords were really important to me and how to place those keywords and what backlinks might be important, and, and that was huge lessons. And the moment I started doing that and that stuff I did on my own, mm-hmm. I had a massive increase in my Google rankings. Wow. I compared my couple of my key pages with key pages of my competitors, for example, in those tools where it gave me a lot of insight. So I think massive learning. I think I didn't know what I didn't know to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. It was very intense. Yeah. (laughs) And believe me, I was happy to appoint agencies once I, I could. (laughs) Yeah, it's it sounds like a really good journey to undertake because like we said before like you know you've started at a point but then you've done this element of learning you know and and really anyone could take that as far as they want to go you know like you said yeah. you can dive deeper I'm sure that you know it's probably endless where you could go with these these little areas of learning for our business but then it's helped you get to the point where you can assign it to the right people work closely with them to get the result that you're paying, you're paying for their services, but probably getting even better results than before. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that that's my big takeaway. Um, and it certainly was heightened by COVID for sure, because all the demand was at, was at a higher level. But um, we, we really saw massive benefits from those things. So, yeah, it's been really a good good journey I'm not sure I planned it that way not everything that you do is planned (laughs) but um, that's in hindsight it's been a good exercise so I have to ask the question what's next on your learning list um like all good small business people you sort of try and master one area and then you have to move on to the next and we're getting to a point where um we we outsource a lot of our sort of production um and our, our logistics and um, just wondering what's the right model going forward now that we've got to a certain scale. Yeah. So scaling in and of itself, um, I'm really understanding. Everyone's always said it's a challenge to scale your business, but I'm really understanding from the inside what does that mean? Is you know when do you hire a marketing person or when do you hire an inventory manager or which one's the higher priority? Because yeah. that's what it comes down to. With limited resources, you have to choose your priorities, mm. and that sounds simple. But it's not always simple. And you have to ask yourself where your strengths are, um, where your biases are, you know, all sorts of things yeah. to get to the bottom of that. 
Yeah, sometimes we've got to be a little bit honest with ourselves. As yes, well. we do. Yeah. <laughs> that is a lesson in small business as well. I think, um, you know, it's very up and down and um, uh, you do need to be honest with yourself. And I think um, it does take resilience and it takes resilience because as you go through the learning on all the things you don't know, and there are always a lot of them, I'm sure, um, you make mistakes and you make oh, I think I make mistakes at a much faster rate than I did in the corporate world. <laughs> and so you have to be able to pick yourself up and not be too hard on yourself about that. And, and that was an, a major adjustment for me. Yeah, no, definitely. And I always think we, we have to look back to look forward and you've got to grab those pieces and you've got to learn from them. But you're right, you just can't beat yourself up at the same time because everyone's doing it. We're, we're, we're no different to the next business owner we're all learning as we go and and yeah I think it's just so good that there's so many of us that are doing that these days I agree with you YouTube has just got this massive wealth of knowledge a huge amount yeah got to pick and choose absolutely and and I think you're right as well something you said before was you know finding uh, a resource that you can trust is is probably critical key number one there particularly yeah. when it comes to YouTube because and I went down this road during 2020 of marketing, watching YouTube videos about, you know, Instagram and things like that. And then one says this, and one says that, and you're like, oh, hang on a minute, <laughs> which way am I? And you'll, you'll run around like a headless chook if you're not careful, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you know, in particular with Amazon, the rules change. So, and to some degree, Google. So what was relevant a year ago might not be relevant. And you always have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, change. Change is just rife in marketing. Very, very broad, isn't it? Yes. It is, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, I think we've um, covered some really good points. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing some, some background knowledge on your business and, and, you know, where you've been and where you've come to. And, and yeah, it's a fantastic story. So, Rowena, where can we find you? Um, we're online at www.thesaltbox.com.au. Awesome. And we are big into customer service. So if you ever have a question, just let us know. And on all the social channels, Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram, uh, they're the primary ones, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you so much, Rowena. It was no lovely to chat. Thanks for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for your time, Kerry. Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. It was lovely to share this episode with you. Remember to subscribe to catch all future episodes and I'd also very much love it if you'd leave me a rating or a review. Until next time, remember that you can also go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat.